There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woken Man series. The Woken Man. He is The Woken Man. I'm here with uh, Chris Edge. Thank you for being part of this case study, brother. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. And I know you've um, already tuned into a few, so we're going to get some pretty good responses because you know what's coming at you. But the first question, the hardest question, where did you grow up, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Yeah, so born in the UK, a place called Doncaster. Grew yep. up in Newcastle in New South Wales and living in Perth, Western Australia. Ah, Newcastle. Are you a yeah. rugby league fan? Not at all. Ah, um, I was never sort of um, never sort of surrounded by it when I was growing up, so it never sort of became part of our, our yeah. life, part of our culture. Yeah. Um, and I'm really bad at, at ball sports, really yeah, bad. Right. Well, oh, well, there's, <laughs> a, there's a question coming up in a sec, so we'll see what you are good at. Um, right. What do you do for a living right now, brother? Yeah, so um, right now I'm a mining and resources sales consultant for a truck dealership in Perth. Um, basically, awesome. I help companies like BHP and Rio and stuff like that get more dirt out of the ground. Awesome, man. Awesome. Mm. Um, and, and it's really cool to see all the different um, uh, what are we, the jobs that everyone, the job titles that everyone has that, you know, conscious yeah. brothers don't just exist in the spiritual community, you know, and yep, like, yeah. fuck, that's, it's just awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a mining background myself. So yep. I think you are in a very good place with the consciousness that you are and the awareness that you have. It's like the perfect place for you, for sure. It's hard to, um, it's hard to talk to somebody in Perth that isn't, you know, almost directly or very closely related to the mining industry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, WA is yeah. all about it, eh? Yeah, are you, big time. Are you, are you, do you enjoy that? Are you having um, times where you get challenged at that, in that workforce? Yeah, it, it has. I've been doing it for nearly three years. It's been very challenging. Um, sales, I thought the reason why I went into sales is because I wanted to be, thought I wanted to be some like big business guru guy, you know, like mm. a, um, like a Gary Vee or a Grant Cardone or something like that. And one thing that sales taught me is it's taught me way more about myself and what I want than it has taught me about sales and other people, which wow. is probably what I needed to learn anyway. And I'm actually in the process of, of looking to transition out of it. So, Wow, interesting. Mm. So, mm. I mean, you've got to sort of go in the deep end and 
and see for yourself if you can swim, hey, or if you want to swim yeah. at least. Yeah. You yeah. Actually, I don't like swimming. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's really cool, man. I, I sort of share a bit of interest with you there on that, like the ambition side of things and like go hard. Hmm. Have you found that you've redirected it into another area now where you're transitioning out of? Uh, yeah, I, I found that when I realized that it wasn't something I wanted to do, um, that's when um, I guess the mankind stuff started coming along. Cool. And I was taking some of that, um, that I guess, the spare energy that I had um, at the time and putting it into the mankind. Yeah. And now the, the more I, I guess, the more traction I guess with the mankind I get, the less um, energy I'm finding I'm, I'm actually, I'm ha- having to look for energy more for my job. Yeah. Um, one of the main reasons why we're looking, why I'm looking at transitioning out of it, is the the time commitment. It's it's a massive time commitment, and it's all the way up in Perth, and I'm actually an hour south of Perth. Oh, where um, are you? Down in Mandra. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just not a lot of people from Perth or that aren't from Perth know where Mandra is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And having so- three kids and a wife that's got her own business, uh, yeah, it's hard to fit it all around and make totally. it work properly. Yeah. Totally, man. I feel you. And to just explain what the mankind is for those people listening. Yeah, sure. So really it's, um, I, I realized I needed to do something different. I need to get around some different people. Uh, and it was my way of sort of going, well, if I'm in this, if, if I'm feeling like that as well, mm-hmm. that I need to get around different people and want to sort of have that influence me, there's got to be other guys out there. Uh, and my plan was to sort of just get around them, have a chat with them, uh, pick their brains on how they went from maybe, you know, doing what they were doing, whether it's a nine to five or whether it's a, you know, whether they transitioned into their own business or they became really successful at their, at their nine to five or they're, they're fit or, you know, they're more spiritually enlightened, mm. have chats with them, share it with other guys. Uh, and, you know, hopefully if I can help one other guy, you know, mm. lead a better life, then that's awesome. Yeah. Man. So as men, right, we, we typically get sold this package where, you know, your job is to provide for your family and yep. then it's – and the goal of that prov- providing is to find a good, secure, well-paying job. Yep. It's not to find fulfilment for yourself. It's not yep. to find happiness in that role. It's to provide for your family. And you, as a result, I think a lot of guys are leading this disconnected life where they've got this career over here and they've got this family over here and the two aren't linked. They're completely separate entities. Um, which is probably why there's a lot of disconnection and yeah. absent dads and, you know, like when they're there, they're not present and all this sort of stuff. And I went through that, that process myself. Uh, and that's one of, the dri- one of the big driving factors of looking to change careers and one of the big driving factors behind me starting The Mankind, which in short, like it. It, at the moment, it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, yeah. man, I, I really appreciate um you explaining that in depth too because you you bring up a good point it's like your challenge your challenge in you know having that disconnect with your family and wanting to you know go career earn money you know support your family was actually not really supporting them in the way that you think what the way that is more beneficial and so like your challenge led to your purpose well and it was one of the many no doubt but yeah yeah and it was sort of like realizing yesterday and listening to your podcast um on the way home with i think it's mitchell in the yeah, Villani, yeah. uh you did the podcast yeah that's it um and he was talking about you know seeking validation from his dad and it was through listening to that and a bit of realization at work that i was chasing this um you know this mystical six-figure income and this title that 
really. I was chasing it for ego, not for um, the right reasons, thinking that, you know, my wife and my kids need me to earn six figures and I need mm-hmm. to be this this sales guru guy when really they'd probably benefit from me being home at more and being home more mm-hmm. and maybe earning just a bit less. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel mm. like I mean this is this is a good point we haven't even we're not even moving on to like we've covered all of this <laughs> but it's like do you feel like you're um you will eventually earn money more money in the long term with more happiness and fulfillment in the now? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. it, um looking at how I feel at the moment about you know doing podcasts and things like that and um and where the potential that the mankind could take me I I, I feel that that has potential to provide better because I'll be happier doing it. Yeah, I'll be more long-term. fulfilled doing it. So I'll have more long-term energy to commit to it. Yeah. 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 That's how I feel too, man. That's awesome mm. that you found that. And I'm, I'm excited for you to Thank uh, you, man. keep sharing and growing that platform, brother. So next question, what are you, what are you really good at? What's one thing you're really good at? Uh, I reckon talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. communication skill, man. That's a good skill to have. Yeah, probably need to develop a little bit on the listening, but talking's probably up there. <laughs> well, hey, you're probably good on stage, I no doubt, are you? Um, I haven't really done it. Um, yeah. Like most people, have always got that fear of public speaking and stuff like that. It took a lot of, um, like a lot of barriers to start doing videos and things for Instagram. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, you know, like that. It's that took when a you're lot on of camera, though. Eh? It's so oh, different, man. Yeah, and you just get used to talking to a dot. Yeah. But I've done a little bit of talking in front of people, and holy hell, man, like the room closes in, my hearing goes like that echoey yeah. sound. It's like, you know, and it goes like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck did it just say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it could be just more so around like workshops and groups and friends. Like, um, I mean, yeah, it's a good communication. It's good. I, I agree, though. Listening is yeah. is just as equally as good. I learned that from um, Oprah Winfrey. She was years ago. She was talking about um, the greatest thing she ever developed was to become a great listener. Mm. Um, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm not a I'm not a good listener at all." And this was a couple of years at the start of my journey. Jeez, I was in Canada four years ago, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, fuck, I'm not a good listener." And she's like talking about the nuances of actually li- properly listening, you know. And it is that's an art in itself, eh? Yeah, it's um, um. I think as men as well, we have this tendency to want to automatically fix things, especially yeah. for our loved ones, right? Like for I get sure. I get beaten up about it by my wife all the time. Like I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Totally it's like, but I-, I love you. You're my wife. You're in pain. I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And and it's just a natural thing for men to do. And it's hard to resist that temptation to mm-hmm. um to go. Here's what you should do. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. I do the exact same thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Just listen, just yep. listen. No fixing. But, yeah, man, I feel you. What's your, what's your biggest fear right now? Um, I had to think about this when you were asking this to the other guys. And I think, um, for me, not, not being seen or heard is probably big. Mm. I, I feel like um, I'm not in, like in, in work and, and sometimes in home life. I feel like I'm not, not people are listening, but they're not mm. hearing. You know, that could just be my insecurities. I don't know. But that's, yeah, at the moment, yeah. not seen or heard. Big fear. Mm, I feel mm. you, brother. And is it, have you sort of attributed that to something happening in your past? I'm fast-tracking a question to an, a, yeah. a future question here. but Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, like, again, around, the, I guess, the whole um, the, the dad stuff, like a lot of guys seem to be seeking that validation from their dad 
uh, a lot, um, wanting their dad to say, you know, I love you, I'm proud of you, um, I'm happy that you know with, about you and stuff like that. And like, don't get me wrong, like uh, this is not a dad bash. My dad, you know, did the best he could with the yeah. tools he was given, and only ever wanted the best for us. Um, but I think at times the and I, and I do the same thing as well. What I think what um, maybe other people want that's best for other, for their loved ones, maybe what's best for them or yeah. what they want best, you know what I mean? Instead of just letting people, you know, walk their own path. Yeah, and I get sure. guilty of that with my, with my son as well. Mm, wow. Something I'm trying to really be conscious of. Um, so is, let, them, let him walk his own path. Yeah, let him walk his own path. Still wow. guide him so he grows up to be a, you know, a decent member of society without, <laughs> with, yeah. without sort of, you know, um, try to train that individuality out of him. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful, man. And it's funny because like Thank you. I see like a pattern in a theme in you is like what you experience, um, you learn from and you, and you teach the op or you teach the lesson. Uh, what's your favorite quote? Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's the Jordan Peterson quote. A good man is not a safe man. A good man is a dangerous man who has it under control. Something to that effect. Oof. What does that mean to you? Why do you like that one? Um, I think there's a. Men, I think men have been tamed in society quite a bit. You know, we've been civilized. We've been, um, you know, uh, there's, I guess through, you know, through TV and modern media and all that sort of stuff. There's this been there's been this push for men to, you know, be, these cultured, polished, um, you know, really clean and, I guess, you know, presentable, almost like a, the the model man. You know what I mean. Mm. And through doing that, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think through doing that, we've lost some of our our primal, the primal side, yeah. the physical work. You know, we've been put in offices and put behind desks, and we sit there all day and we just click away on keyboards. We don't. There's no physical work, not or not as much anyway. Yeah. And you know, being able to have the skills, the physical skills to build stuff and and, and destroy stuff, but pulling back and controlling and have and controlling those urges because I'm a big believer that men really, we don't ever grow up. We just get older. And, and it's a, a really evident when you get kids around fire, especially boys, get them around fire. They just want to poke it with sticks and they just want to burn stuff. And they just want to see what happens. But that's still there inside of me as a grown up. I just learned to tame that and keep that under control and do it in appropriate environments. Mm. I think that's, that's, that's sort of where that quote I guess, pushes my buttons. That's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Mm. And what's the conscious man to you? Yeah, so um, somebody that's, I guess, is connected, has connected their life to their actions and how they show up as a man, that's all, yeah. that's all interconnected. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know enough or don't feel I know enough about it to go any deeper than that, but that's sort of, in a nutshell, what I believe it to be. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. What's one thing that challenges you right now? Uh, keeping a lid on my tempo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm fine with that, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Like lately, um, with the whole decision to, to move out of my career and, and into something else, it's caused a fair bit of, um, fair bit of mental stress. Mm-hmm. And I found that because of, you know, my mental stress levels are up here. Um, I'm filling up a lot quicker. I'm not. I'm not yeah. staying as cool for as long, um, and I'm not wanting to be the the angry dad in quotes. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm finding it hard to keep a lid on those things um, at the moment. Uh, wow. And what, mm. Is there anything you're doing that's sort of helping you ease that? Yeah, so I, I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm due to engage with um, an organisation called Open Arms. So if there's any defence um, personnel listening to this, if you are a defence member and you've served one day in the military, through DVA you have access to counselling. If you are a veteran, so you've done a deployment and returned home, you and your family have access to counselling through DVA for life, and that's through the Open, Organi- Open Arms organisation. So after one of my jobs to do today is to engage with them and to sit down and actually make a time uh, to sit down and have, have a chat about some counselling. Awesome, brother. Awesome. It took a lot of um, took a lot of effort to get yeah. from from that point to admitting that I needed to have help, yeah. and then also reaching out and starting the process. But now I've started. It's so it's for, it's almost freeing just starting the process. You know. Yeah, yeah. I respect that, bro. It's like we. Um... It's the hardest part is putting your hand up and saying, hey, mm. you know, it's not that we're broken. It's just that we are finding ourselves again. And it's almost yeah. like a returning of home, to home, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's beautiful to ask this question to everyone because you realize that regardless of, you know, whether you're a friggin' uh, holistic life coach or, you know, a public speaker, all men have challenges right now. That's, yeah. that's straight. Like that question is an answer to everyone's answered that with I've got shit going on. No one's unique, you know, and, and, and also no one's immune to that. So, mm. yeah, I just want you to know that, brother. It's like you're not alone, man. And also, like, fuck, the, the anger is a big one for men, I feel. Like, yeah. it really is, like, the rage. And I did a retreat with Timmy Morrison on, in February this year. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, uh, having to um control re- controlled release of the anger and the rage and mm. not judging it but just allowing us to be seen to be heard to use it to let it out and then to find our strength like i hadn't ever done really much stuff like that before where you realize oh we have a warrior energy but we don't yeah. touch it we get taught to suppress it yeah there's a lot of um you know masculine traits that are that are you know, very um, predominantly masculine traits, you know, anger, violence, aggression, all those sort of things, which yeah. when used effectively can be really effective tools at getting things done. But we get taught as we grow up, you know, to suppress suppress these feelings. Yeah. And and then we don't learn how to use them in a, in a skillful and I guess in a, an appropriate way. Yeah. So sure. when, we don't, when we don't get taught how to use them and we don't get the opportunity to use them, there's no wonder there's a lot of guys out there that have all this built-in, you know, suppressed rage and they just don't know what to do with it. And they're just so full of emotion and rage and all of these feelings that we get taught we shouldn't have, mm. you know, as well as feminine energy as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I think that comes back to discernment too, you know, like have a fucking, have a good feeling, have a good internal uh, scan of where you're at does it mm. feel good? Does it not feel good? If I don't feel good, okay, cool. Let's go to feeling, you know, a, a little bit better each day. Yeah. And, you know, if you've peeled, and that's where self-awareness starts. So, Yeah. Yeah, brother. Uh, next question. What does unconditional love mean to you? That's been said before, but love and without expectation of return. Yeah. And I think that's the answer. Like, it, it is, right? It's just mm. no conditions. Yeah. Have, you, have yeah. you found an experience in your life where you have this? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Because uh, I think as people we tend to, um, even though we may subconsciously do it and or unconsciously do it, we tend to have um, like we tend to be influenced by our environment. Mm. Like if if you were if you love like theoretically if you, I guess if you loved everybody without without condition of or without expectation of return and somebody all all somebody did was show you hate. Then your natural inclination would be to maybe not love that person as much as what you maybe love other people. Mm. So then, so then the love becomes conditional. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's so basically saying like your amount of love is always going to be determined by your environment. Yeah, I think it's hard not to have that happen. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that, man. I, I totally see what you're saying there. It's like almost pull yourself out of that environment do some work to figure out why it is you can't find love for people because i think that's where we come in and inherit like instinct instinctly we're born with just love Mm. i believe anyway it's like you think you know your child your son when he was first born he wasn't really i'm going to say like there was just so much joy coming in and then it sort of like picks up the the different sort of energies from the room and then eventually you know someone tells him that the boogeyman is is a real thing and then the light has to stay on at night yeah you yeah know, but he was he was sleeping in the cot without the light on for a while at least mm. and so i think that's where where we're at with with everything in life is that um we are just an experience uh, i guess a, pro- a product of our environment and in the sense of yeah. what you're saying is that love will only be rece- or given to the level that the people around you give it yeah, I think so. I think it'll ever be returned in that sense as well. That's a very interesting perspective. It's a good. It's a deep one. I like that. Like you can take the like obviously you know you can take the high road and and like even though people are showing you hate, you can still return that with kindness. Mm. But eventually, eventually, you're gonna distance yourself from that person or mm. from those environments that don't you know provide <laughs> you with that that return. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'll say yeah, fuck that person. Yeah, 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 and, and sure. we're, we're all taught to do that as well. Like, if you want to improve your improve your life, you need to get around people that are living the life that you yeah. are. And if your friends are, you know, taking the, sh- you know, putting the piss on you for wanting to live a better life, classic tall poppy syndrome in Australia, you're going to slowly. And, and we're taught that through any any self help environment, whether it be a super spiritual side, a super business oriented side, um, you know, social media side like Gary V, whatever, you're taught to surround yourself with people that are conducive to what you're trying to produce. Mm. Hmm. I feel you, bro. Last question on the quick fire, even though it hasn't been that Go quick, it. but it's been great. <laughs> do you believe in a greater power, and and what does that mean to you? Uh, yeah, I do, but I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> What what do you um, perceive as the great power now? Then, like, what is it? Like, or give us an experience that makes you believe in something greater. Um, I, if if I was to put it into, in, I guess, what I believe at the moment, the the greater power is is the the Earth, the globe. Yeah, and it's all an ecosystem, and ecosystems have a way of balancing itself out, whether. What, and and man is pretty arrogant to think that we can that we have ultimate control over that ecosystem. Yeah, we have influence, but not ultimate control. Mm. And and the more I think, the more we we go down this path of you know extracting from the planet and extracting from society without giving back, that that pendulum is going to swing back in the opposite direction, and it's going to come come around. It's going to bite us in the bum. 
Mm. And I think that higher power is just the, the balance of the ecosystem of the earth. Right. And we're seeing a lot of stuff like that in America now where, where the, the people are wanting to take that power back from the government and there's mm. these massive rights that are going on with what happened to that guy. And it's just it's things like that that sort of make me believe that the, the higher power is the, the, the planet and the, or, you know, the population. The energy, the energy yeah. of the population. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there's, energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's it. I love that quote. Mm, yes, uh, yeah, man. I feel you on that. That's really cool. That's a, uh, it's it's one of those things. It's like um, I don't think we'll ever really know. We can always speculate, and yeah. it'll always be just based off our own experience until we pass over and realize, oh fuck, that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd rather yeah. I'd rather believe in hope than than of no, no hope. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, now we're going to get into the real questions, man. The real raw questions. This will paint the picture of your journey from, you know, where you've been in life, um, from the darkest, the lowest, the most unconscious part of your life, all the way up to where you're at now. And mm -hmm. it's just to show others out there who are listening to this that um, are still on, are, are yet to take the leap or they, they are looking to take the leap or they need yep. to, they recognize that they need change in their life and they want to live a more whole and fulfilled life. These stories help that man. So, what did your life look like as unwoke, and what's it look like now? Yeah, so um, I guess it's coming from somebody that's right on the precipice of taking that jump into into wokeness, um, and the unwoke side of it, which is you know not so long ago, uh, was definitely um, uh, somebody that was chasing status and money over chase over connection. Wow, um, shit, man. And and it was actually thanks to coronavirus, um, where we got put in these two on two off um, week rotations at work, and I was sent home for two weeks. And it was right at the start; schools were shut down. Um, there was no um, you weren't allowed out in public. So my wife's photography business stopped, um, and it was all five of us at home for two weeks straight. And what I noticed then was that you know the whole family dynamic shifted, it calmed down. Like when you've got three kids or, you know, when you've got one, two or three kids, it's, it's chaos, right? Especially when they're young and, and that whole dynamic just calmed down. The kids started just to be a little bit calmer. My wife and I started working better together. We were, you know, we were, we were syncing up. Wow. Interesting. And, yeah. and did that create a big change? In, was that like a significant change in your life? Yeah, yeah. That was that was the the light bulb moment where I've gone, fuck, I've been chasing the wrong thing for years. Whoa, dude. Yeah. That's and, really cool. And that's that's why one of the that was one of the big catalysts in in me deciding to to, to step out of the, the mining and, and resource or the truck sales game and, and look for something look for something else. Yeah. And yeah so and, and this is the thing too though man it's like no matter how recent no matter how far away you the 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 your journey has been into a more conscious life it just matters that you have self-awareness and you want to be a better person and this mm. isn't like a, a destination it's not like oh you know no. fuck i'm on the pedestal of wokeness now motherfuckers you know <laughs> yeah. bow, bow down yeah. gringos and yeah. and now it's like it's just like fuck, I'm in this with you guys, you know, like we're, we're still on a journey. Like I said, everyone's got challenges. Everyone's still going through shit. Mm. And so now you're, you're like, have that awareness. You're shifting going, okay, I want to have more 
happiness in my life. I want to have more fulfillment in my life, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow, Ben. Wow. So through that period, that unconscious period, what was your biggest vice? Uh, probably food. Like, yep. um, you know, think like junk food, like chocolate macas and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. um, if I'd had a stressful day at work and, and my wife had had a tough day with the kids, it'd be a quick, quick, quick text, hey, do you want to grab something from the shops on the way home? It'd be nothing to, you know, down a family bag of Maltesers between us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay. And is that still something that you're sort of working towards or you've got the awareness of now? Like, is this something that uh, still um, challenges you regularly? Yeah, it's still challenging. I've got the awareness of it. I'm more, I'm like definitely aware of, of it more. Um, yeah. So I started exercising a bit more regularly and saw some results from that. So, and when that started to happen, I started to focus more on what I was, what I was putting in my mouth. Yeah. Um, still takes a bit of strength to say no, but mm. especially when McDonald's come out with things like, you know, banana toffee McFlurries and stuff like that, like far out, man. <laughs> you yeah. set me up to lose here. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting Shit. advertising, man. They get you. They know. Um, they look good. They look good, man. Yeah. So we talked already about anger for you but what emotion challenged you most there's anxiety shame guilt fear and anger as five common emotions for man was was it anger or was there something else no it's just fear fear yeah what, what i think what's the, the fear connected to um fear of not being enough uh. um which is probably and not being enough for my family not being enough for um people at work and just all these really people that didn't really well, family matters, but the guys at work, you know, like really I need to impress stop trying them. to show up for them. Yeah, stop trying to yeah. impress them and show up for myself. Um, and, yeah, so I think it was fear. It was a big one. Wow, man. Wow. And have you contributed that, again, to something that happened in your past? Was it around, like, anything you experienced growing up where you were shown that you were unworthy or inadequate? Um, I don't think there was any significant moment. I think it was... Um, and just how you sort of just the whole journey of, of growing up and, you know, maybe, you know, like, you know, maybe turning in a report card that wasn't, um, you know, didn't have all A's or maybe got a D in one subject and, you know, the focus of the report card was that one D instead of all the, the A's and B's that you got for the other yeah. stuff and, and just, you know, maybe, you know, getting in trouble at school and, you know, that being the focus instead of, okay, well, out of all the other day, out of the out of all the other two hundred and fifty days at school, I didn't get in trouble, but you're worried about this one day, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah, it's funny because like we all, I, I know a lot of men as well. They go, you know, well, like nothing really bad happened to me. Yeah, and they and they try and compare their experiences with those who've like had trauma, severe trauma, yeah. you know, abuse or whatever, domestic violence. But it's like, it's I, I you know, one of my clients back in when I was working with him, he was like, had a memory where he didn't get picked up on Saturday for sport or he didn't have his parents come down regularly for Saturday sport. And it got to the point where um, he was crying at the Mm. memory of going back to the memory. And it's like, it can be anything because the young mind cognizes I'm alone. No one loves me. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's how, that's how I've seen it work. And Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um I feel you on the fear. It's like the you know we often we often just want to be seen. Yeah, as, as men, right? Like yeah, we just want to be seen and 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 recognised and loved. Yeah, well, well, I guess um 
you know, as, as men, we're trying to answer this eternal question of am I enough? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. like, I remember one, there's one incident that came to mind when we are talking about it. And um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the Rock of Stedford. No. It used to be on, it was, I think it might have been the East Coast thing. Years ago, a lot of East Coast schools would put on, like, a, um, a five to ten minute um, dramatic dance performance with music and props and sets and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and I was part of, I did it, I wanted to do it, I think two or three years in a row. And I was part of the backstage crew, the guys that handled all the sets and moved them around and coordinated getting the sets to the stage. And then when they're on the stage for the different scenes, you turn the sets around and, and all that sort of stuff. And I did it, I think in, I did it in year nine and 10. I think I wanted to do it in year, year 11 or year 12 or something like that. And I'd signed up for it, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I think the conversation went with dad that he's like, if you do this, if you do this, you can find somewhere else to live. And it's like, wow. fuck, man. Like, you know, like, and I think the, 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 there was fear there from dad because he, um, he's a, a mechanic and he worked a lot when we were kids. Like he'd work Monday to Friday. Um, he'd, be, he'd leave before the, the sun came up and before we got up, he'd be home after we went to bed. He'd work all day Saturday and then part day Sunday. And he'd be doing call outs at all hours of the night and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And and he's obviously a tradesman. And I think his fear was that we would be a tradesman and have the similar life to what he did, always chasing money. Mm. And that's where a lot of these conversations where that was the outcome where you do that, you can find somewhere else. So that, that was like his way of sort of trying to put a stop to it yeah. so that we didn't go down the same path. Wow. Yeah. And and so like basically in this situation he wanted, he didn't want you to be a part of that that play because because he thought I was jeopardizing my studies to to do the play right and he wanted because he didn't want you to become a mechanic he wanted me to focus on studies so that I could do year 11 and 12 and then that would open you know university doors and things or maybe open more doors post school yeah. for better career options and in that case he was just doing his best he could to yeah, 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 and I know that. I know yeah. he was just doing the best he could. Yeah. So I've got no... Um, but it's like that thing is like, oh, you don't love me because you kicked me out. Yeah, and I think maybe subconsciously that, that triggered and maybe at the time as a you know, 17-year-old kid, you're like, you know, that was probably what went through through the head, yeah. um, you know, and and I guess like looking back as well, Dad didn't have a, a, the great, a great example of a father. Yeah. Um, you know, and had he came from a broken home and was the youngest of, of five and had four elder sisters and they used to, you know, not treat him very nicely at the best of times. So mm. there's probably, you know, a lot of stuff there for dad as well that he was for that he sure. was still dealing with and, you know, just did the best he could. I mean, yeah. There's, there's no that, wheel. That's beautiful. You can see that, mm. man. And it's like it, our role now is to just transmute all that shit and then yeah. make our children have the best opportunities that they can. Break the cycle, eh? Exactly, brother. Yeah. Yep. Just cut the head off. Yep. Let's see. Um, whose love did you crave most growing up, and who did you get it? <laughs> Probably dad, <Yeah. laughs> like most men. Um, yeah. And do, doing, you know, doing good at school, working hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the sort of stuff that that got the the love, a nod of approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joining joining the navy um, was one of the first times that dad told me he was proud of me. That was huge. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. And have you, I mean, you can sort of see like how much that would mean to someone, you know, like the, the feeling, I can almost feel like what you would have felt. It's just like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was, it was huge. Mm, I feel you. Have you still got a good relationship with your dad now? Yeah, we've got a good friendship. Um, I'd, I'd like to uh, now having chats with yourself about this sort of stuff and I was having a chat with Martin McPhillamy as well when some dad stuff came up. I'd like to have a chat to him about it, not sort of like in a way to point the finger and, you yeah, know, totally. you bastard kind of thing because, um, you know, like I've got no no ill feelings and no animosity towards it. I just want to, you know, hey, I remember these incidents. This, this is how it's shaped who I am as a as a person, I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I just want you to, you know, I don't know, maybe just, you know, did you, and talk to him because I'm sure he's had experiences like that where he's had these pivotal moments in his upbringing. And I guess I just want to share it with him in a, in a, in a healing sense. Yeah, totally. Man, so he's the greatest healer, brother. Because if I feel like that about my relationship with my dad and he's got those things like, you know, fuck, imagine how he feels. Yeah. Exactly, man. He's mm. he he. I, I would have no doubt in the world to say that he just needs the same love that we all mm. want to, you know. And it's like it's hard because you can, well, sometimes if I feel like I'm similar with my dad. Uh, he wasn't around for most of my life, but it's like ah, oh, you're just a product of your environment. I realized that, and that gave yep. me doing this work for myself to realize that about him just gave me ultimate forgiveness in my heart. And yep. that realizing now is just. All he wants is just a fucking hug and told that, you know, he's loved. And we were talking the other day. Me and my dad have a relationship now. Um, but and 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 I met, he mentioned something to me. It was like, yeah, I just wanted my dad to come down and watch me play footy. Mm. Um, we had like a deep convo, and he just goes, yeah, I just wanted my dad to come down and watch me play footy. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, fuck, I feel you, man. And I said to him, I just wanted the same thing. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like it's funny, it passes on, man. Yeah. Um, talk to me about one of the lowest points in your life. Like if you can think in your memory, like, you know, something that where you're really struggling, you know, a depressive state, anxious state, something where you're really low and you felt lonely and was suicide ever a factor? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it comes, if I label this as, as suicidal, but there was times when I was younger and, um, you know, being, a, I guess, a young, you know, in my 20s and um, in a relationship that I wasn't really, um, like I, I, I felt like it was the best that I could do. So I was kind of staying in the relationship because I didn't, I was fearful that I wouldn't get any better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I thought, you know, I was driving along in my car and I thought, fuck, what, what happens if I just drove into that telegraph pole? What would happen? Mm. And, and there were times where I maybe thought that, um, you know, what would happen if I, if, you know, everybody woke up and, and I wasn't, I just wasn't here, not, not dead, but just wasn't here. I just like fucked off and packed up in the middle of the night or something like that. You know, would anybody give a fuck? Would anybody care? Mm. There's a lot of times in my early twenties and um, where I felt like nobody cared. Yeah. You know, I was, and this is going to sound real victimy, but I was always that guy, that, that guy out of the group of friends that was last to get invited to shit or didn't get invited to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, I subconsciously kept people at an arm's length and that was, a, and that was a result of that. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there was stuff that I did that was a re- that was a factor in people, you know, maybe mm-hmm. me being the last to be invited. It always felt like it was an afterthought to invite Chris, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so it was pretty. That was probably some of the darker times. Yeah, and, and yeah. did you? Did how did you sort of deal with that? Like, was it a, 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 a consistent theme in your life where you sort of just like fuck it, like I'm done here, or like no, just get drunk. Yeah, okay. Get drunk and listen to music. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel you, brother. It's it's funny. It's like hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and you go, "What if I was the popular guy?" Like, I try and change this story a lot for my clients. Mm. It's like, but what if everything was different? And like list, and I'm like list down all the changes that you would want if you could go back and change it. And then I'm like, okay, now look at the things that you have in this life right now that you really love. Like you're so grateful that you got here. I'm like, okay, so if we change this, you met this person, would you have this situation? No. Mm. Okay, now if we change this situation and you met this person or, you know, you had that experience, would you have this right now? And it's like, no. And it all comes back to the same thing, no. So then it's like this, like, just that dialogue goes, oh, it's like a realisation to go, okay, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have those experiences. Because it's mm. one, it's, 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 it's like, it's so hard to realize what, what like, fuck you, why? Fuck you, why? That, yeah. And like to realize the beautiful side of it is really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the struggle that makes us who we are. It's, it's been proven time and time again where guys yeah. that have, you know, like coasted through school and have been like the, the captain of the football team and been really popular yeah. and know, uh, and, and I see it like, I'm one of the only people from my group of friends to leave Newcastle. Yeah, wow. They're, they're all still back in Newcastle. Some of them are working the same job that they worked when they left high school. Um, yeah, they've had promotions and stuff like that, but it's still you're living the same life, just you're just older. Yeah. Same group of friends, same, yeah. you know, and there's there's been moments, you know, through through my upbringing, and, and I share this because there's probably other guys out there as well mm-hmm. that, you know, like I've been – you know, the, like the, the cool kids have gone, oh, edgy, you know, if you do this, you'd be cool. Or if you did that, or if you, you know, dress like that, you'd be cool. It's been times where, you know, oh, you faggot and being called gay and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And, you know, I can remember being, I was 19 when I first joined the Navy, then I came out and then rejoined when I was 26, right? I can remember being 19 on the bus and all the young girls on the bus were rating the guys in levels of hotness. And they came to me and they scored me a two out of 10. That, mm-hmm. Fuck, man, that cut, that cut deep, hey? And, and I'm only just remembering shit like this now. Um, mm. and, but just all these little things led me to being like really pushing back on being popular or fitting in or towing, you know, like conforming. Mm. Um, and I probably caused myself more fucking pain by pushing back and rejecting all of that stuff than I did by just being, being me. Yeah. You know, totally. but I just, just felt as though when I was me, that was rejected. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally, man. It's like, mm. yeah, because being me brings in another, a sense, a different energy. Like being you, being me, if like you're truly me and you, like being our true selves, it's like I'm a two out of ten and I fucking love number two. Like you, come <laughs> in, you come in with a sense of confidence. You're like, that's awesome because number two is my favorite number. Yeah. And like I would, I actually want to be number two. And it's like, you know, you don't go out and say that, but it's like this sense of confidence in being yourself. And, and, and people see that and people are like, it's an attraction. Like confidence mm. is an attraction, but yeah. you've sort of got to go. It's funny because like at kids, you just, you don't learn this sort of stuff. You don't no. learn, you know, how to have self-belief and how to um, not care what others think. But I feel like this is where we're going. Mm. in the future you know like doing this work you become a more mindful conscious parent you go yep like you already said you know i want he i want my son to find his own way and i'll just be there to guide him like yeah. fuck how lucky how fortunate yeah so beautiful man thank you 
Um, now, let's talk about the moment of awakening. Was it coronavirus? Was it something earlier that ticked your mind that was like, whoa, okay, there's something bigger here? Something that led you down, like maybe it was like a book that crossed your path or someone crossed your path. Like what was that moment, a significant moment of awakening for you? Um, what led me on the path of, of men's work originally was um, I was listening to uh, a podcast a lot and I won't mention the name of the podcast because I still listen to it every now and then, but it was influencing a lot of how I was showing up and that was, and I was trying to uh, lead my family um, by being very authoritative, very bossy, telling people what to do um, and being quite aggressive with how I was going about that, barking orders in the house and all that sort of stuff. And it came to a head where my wife and I had a conversation. She's like, fuck, man, if you are going to keep being like this, I'm probably going to walk away. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. So I did a bit of reflection. Um, okay, well, what's what's going on? Why, why am I being like this? You know, trying, instead, of, instead of leading through action, I was trying to lead through words. Um, and we can never, do, that's never sustainable. We can have influence, but we can't have, you know, ultimate control over other people. Yeah. So uh, um, I made the decision. I, I looked for other podcasts and other influ- influencers, not influencers, influencers to, to take in. That's when I probably started the year, started, um, you know, following people like you know, um, Tim Morrison, Tully um, and, and yourself and more more spiritual, more grounded, more connected men. Um, and that sort of took that that really aggressive influence away and started started getting to me me to wake up and look internally and that was the start of it um and that was sort of what got me to start okay well I want to you know have these conversations and share the conversations and see where this takes me there's been no um there really has been no structure to it yeah in terms of where I've I hadn't gone, well, I'm going to focus on going down this path. Cause I tried doing that before with other projects, other business projects in the past. And, you know, thinking that I just have to grind it out and grind it out and grind it out. And it just get, you know, three, four, six months in and I'd be just like, no, fuck it. Throw it over the shoulder, shut it down. And then, you know, three, four, six months later, I'd start at something else. Cause I get frustrated with work and fuck, I got to do something. So I just look for the next you know, thing I thought I should be doing, mm. um, something that was maybe popular at the time or something that had good, you know, return or or what I thought had good return. And it always caused conflict in the house, always caused me pain, always caused me discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. And that, so, yeah, just, just moving away from from the wrong kind of influences to to better, to more, you know, to stuff that I actually was interested in. Like I've always been interested in, you know, spirituality and, you know, fucking crystals and, you know, being connected and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just never did did that. Did you think it was wrong back then or it was, wouldn't be accepted? Yeah, because it was always a little bit fringe and a little bit, oh, that, you know, fucking hippies and weirdos <laughs> or whatever, you know, like all the, all the, the, the woo woo, like all that sort of shit, you know, like, you know, all that sort of, yeah, all that sort of gear. But, yeah, and when totally, I first yeah. started following, let's like Tim, like when I first started following Tim, his, his, the way he showed up as who he is really fucking challenged me and really totally, would make bro. me feel, 
why it feels so uncomfortable. Totally. Just watching these Instagram stories and how and 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 reading these posts, I'm like, oh, fuck, what is this? And <laughs> but but now, like, I'm in. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, fuck, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. I have to share this with him because I um. I, I had the same thing, man. I had the exact same thing. I grew up in the mining industry from, you know, my yep. parents were always in mining, but my mum was, is, is, is uh, Maori, so from New Zealand, and she's yep. spiritual, very spiritual in my family. Mm. My, her side was always very spiritual, so I grew up with that naturally. Mm. Um, and, you know, she does card readings, and she had all her crystals, and, and she loved all that stuff, so I was introduced to it at a young age. But still, mining industry is like, ah, you fucking pussy, grab it, have a yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah, have a yeah. beer. Why aren't you drinking, you fucking pussy? Yeah. Um, and so, have another beer and stop talking about your feelings, fuck's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I, um, I remember doing my crystal healing course, and this is a funny story about Tim. And I was in the mining industry at that point. I did my crystal healing course, and I told everyone's like, "Oh, what are you doing on the weekend?" And I said, "Oh, I'm I'm doing because uh, it was crystal healing and metaphysics training." Yeah. And I said, "Oh, I'm studying. I'm doing a course on metaphysics." And I did. I left out the crystal healing. Yeah. And uh, and they're like, "Oh, oh, metaphysics." They just heard the word physics and like, "Oh, physics, okay." Science. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, he's smart." <laughs> and so, but I was scared. I was scared to say crystal healing. Yeah, and then um, I end up going to this crystal healing course, and I'm the only guy in the room. There's like I was the last person in the room, and I walk in, and she goes, because she see my name on the register, and, I, and she's like, "Oh, there's one more person. We're just waiting." And I sort of walk in, and I'm five minutes late, and she's like, "Oh, you're a guy. I thought Luca was a uh, would be a female. It was a female's name." And I just laughed, and I laughed, and I said, "Yeah, I had a I had a funny feeling I'd be the only guy in this room." Yeah, and um, I get in there, and then I, you know. I, that 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 was the first moment that I heard Tim Morrison's name, a, a girl I met, and she goes, mm. "Oh, have you heard of Tim Morrison?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And um, and she goes, "Oh, just check him out on Instagram." So I checked him out on Instagram. I said, "He's not hippy dippy, is he?" Like, I was really <laughs> against the the hippy yeah. dippy aspect. And I said, "Yeah." And, like, and she's like, "Well, I mean." Sort of, but he's like he's got some really good shit, and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. I just I'm not into the hippy dippy stuff, yeah. and that was me rejecting that, and 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 yeah. I'm sitting here at his retreat in February, and I'm just like, bro, what you're saying is fucking music to my ears, yeah, yeah. and it's a full circle, um, and this was two years before I had actually done like two years before this year that I did this training, mm. um, and I said this to him, I said, man, I had the funniest story to tell you, uh, I said. I told him the whole that whole story just then, and he mm. just starts laughing. He goes, "Yeah, I get it, bro," because he was there too. He was yeah. he was sitting there doing pills and yep. drinking piss, and you know, fighting in Perth. Yep. Yeah, too. Yeah, and, and it's like fuck. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, listen to his um his episode of Wake Man yesterday, and there's so many fucking ding 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 ding. Yeah, like just these moments where I'm like, fuck. Actually, yeah, he's you know saying a lot of shit that I relate to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I did the same with um with with Blaze Grinner. Yeah. Um, you know, like we connected over Facebook, and I'm like looking at his stuff. I'm like, man, like, this guy just weirds me out. Like he just creeps me out. I just don't know what it is. But it's really it's it really it's I think it's our own discomfort with the fact that they're showing up as who they authentically are. Yeah, man. Yeah. The fact that they're just so open, genuine, authentic, and we're not. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. The more comfort I find in being me the more receptive I am to, to alternate um, points of view and people that are, you know, maybe think a little bit differently and all that sort of stuff. Bang on, man. Yeah, the more yeah. open you become, the more comfortable yep. you are, the more open with you who you are, the more open you become. That's, that's beautiful. 100%. 100%.
Um, so talk about like some healing modalities that you've used in your life. Like was, is it meditation or, you know, what's something that you've used to sort of start reflecting going with it? Um, I think running did a lot for me. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, I just, when I first started, it was hard work. So I was not, never really a physical guy. I never really did any sort of physical activity consistently. Um, you know, so getting in the groove of running, um, you know, was hard work once i got into the groove and i found that i'd put some music on at you know 150 155 beats per minute my legs are just going to autopilot and all these problems i was working through in my head would just come cycling in i'd come up with a solution and then fucking bing i was on to the next bit wow and that that was what started yeah and um and podcasting yeah yeah talking to other talking to other men that are a little bit further along the path, finding out that hey, I'm not alone. I'm not. I'm not that much different to other guys. Yeah. Um, and that there's more than one way to skin a cat in the sense of you know creating some healing. You know. Fucking oh, man, totally, mm. brother. Dialogue, man. I wrote this on the social media the other day. Dialogue is the greatest healer. Yeah. In conversation, I feel it's you, huge. Man. That's cool. Um. How how's the the friend group situation? Is that starting to shift at the moment? And how are you sort of managing that? Yeah, I sucked at um, at keeping and maintaining friendships. So my friendship group has always been pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, and come being in the military as well, like I left left all of my friends in Newcastle, joined the military, moved to Perth, um, and then when you sort of leave the navy, um, because because you've left the brotherhood, I guess, in a sense that tends to they tend to stay together. And I, and I was still even then I was still really bad at integrating as part of a team and um, and being part of the part of the group. Mm. Um, always found difficulty, um, like I guess feeling like I was conforming. Always push back and and you know in in this conforming sort of way. And so, yeah, it, it hasn't really changed in the sense that that in a negative aspect, if anything, I've probably, it's probably changed positively because it's actually the people that I talk to and the people I friend, that I'm actually friends with now have grown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it hasn't been a negative experience. Yeah. It's been a positive one because I've found, found connections with people that I'm actually um, wanting to make connections with and actually um, are getting me to level up a bit. Yeah, man, that's beautiful, brother. Yeah, have you have you connected with Jake Loretto? Uh, not yet, I don't think. Okay, I've I'll seen I've seen him pop up heaps. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I'll connect <clears> you too. I feel like you two would get along really well. He's down that yeah, cool. way as well. He's in Rockingham. Rockingham. Oh, yeah, sweet. That's like twenty minutes away. I don't I don't know if it's Rockingham actually, but it's down there. Yeah, I'm, sweet. I'm a, I'm a North Perth boy, man. I don't even do South, all right? Like, <laughs> I, if I if I as soon as I cross the 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 bridge go over the bridge of like windows up shades on um, <laughs> doors locked, doors locked. <laughs> i'm like what is this place <laughs> it's very north south you know like Perth. oh it's a huge divide isn't it it's crazy <laughs> i mean i'm not that bad i, I joke I'll, nah. go to, I, I'll, go, I'll go to south perth but that's about it <laughs> um but i'll connect you too because he, he does um his story he's on his episode 12 yeah i mean coming out next week and oh man fuck his story is just phenomenal and i feel like he'll be good for your podcast as well as just connecting as a mate and 
he does breath work. And if you've ever, have you ever done breath work? Um, no, it's something I want to look at. Oh, you should. Yeah, have a chat to him about it anyway and his experiences because um, it. I mean, it's been one of it's been a great healer for me and and, and for mm. uh, him as well. So yeah, I'll connect you to anyway. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, and what part of this journey are you most grateful for, bro? Uh, the connections I'm making. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah. And yeah. that's making you feel just like you, it just feel like cements sort of where the path that you're taking. Yeah, heaps. Like the the more conversations I have to guys about uh, about men's work and and you know and the more I talk about it my my own journey on my Instagram and stuff like that, the more it affirms that it just needs to be done. Yeah, fucking know. Yeah, that's not not do. from a not from a um you know, men have been oppressed and were victims sort of standpoint, but uh, from a supportive standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, like very much being on the, on the start of the journey myself, you know, I can stand side by side with other men and go, Hey, let's, let's tackle this together. Yeah, for sure. Mm. What's one tip you'd give your old self who was just starting this journey? Yeah. Walk your own path. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So not, not, not yeah. caring about what others think. Yeah. Care, care less about what others think. You, you do you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's like you just got to take a good look at our fingerprint, right? Or your fingerprint, you go, wow, it's, that is one fingerprint. That's, that's the only fingerprint in this world. There's nothing else like it. No. So you are unique. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, brother. Man, this has been a beautiful interview, and it's a pleasure meeting you. You too, mate. And also being able to share your story and thank you for opening up and, and sharing that because it's not just about you and I. This is about, you know, the many men that are going to be listening to this and using that for their own as a, as a guidance tool for themselves. So thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you and I appreciate the opportunity. No worries. Thank you to everyone listening and remember, take care out there. Peace. Whoa, man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man. Wokey woke man, bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be